It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. Now, each year, or well, this last year and now this year, uh, we've been following a startup from launch through their first 12 months. Back in episode 314, we did our first catch-up with Luke from Afro Drops, discussing why he started his business, how he made the initial decision to go with WooCommerce and his decision to sell other people's brands, not develop his own product. And he is selling uh, products for Afro hair, basically. Uh, We are today going to be catching up with him to see how his launch plans have gone. We're going to be discussing why it all wouldn't work and the crazy things he did to try and work out what wasn't working and then how he found the final solution and has gone about fixing it. Quite a lot in there um, to pick to pick apart. We're also going to be talking about how he's been balancing uh, the opportunities in the business and um, and some bits and pieces about what's going to be coming up as well. So there's a, there's a lot we go through today, which I hope will help both big and small businesses. Actually, what I need to I need to kind of tell you a little bit of something about our our new sponsor this this episode. Because after the Clavio ad, you are going to hear an ad for our brand new sponsor, Wix. And I'm pretty certain that before in this podcast, I have not come across as the biggest fan of Wix. They contacted me earlier this year asking to sponsor the podcast. And I vet everyone who asks to sponsor to check whether they're the sort of person we should be allowing to get in front of all you guys. Because, you know, I don't want to be recommending someone who's going to cause you problems. Now, I have done that vetting on Wix and I am really, really impressed at what their e-commerce offering now is, hence why they're being allowed to sponsor. So I just wanted to say that here, just in case some of you are listening are going, I'm sure Chloe didn't like Wix, Alex, Wix a year ago. Well, I have now done my due diligence and I've properly looked into what Wix are offering you guys and it is quite an impressive platform. And I will add, before we let the ads roll, um, I it's so impressive that I am looking to get some Wix retailers on the podcast later this year. So if you are currently listening and you are on Wix and you're screaming at your phone or whatever it is you're listening on right now, Chloe, of course Wix is great. They're awesome. Well, if you would like to come on and tell us about how you're using the Wix platform to grow your business, then please do get in touch because I would love to hear from you and uh, feature you in a future episode. In the meantime, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 
This message comes from e-commerce masterplan sponsor Wix e-commerce, the industry-leading e-commerce platform with advanced online storefront features. Wix e-commerce is the complete solution for entrepreneurs, omnichannel retailers and brands to launch, run and scale their online stores successfully. Go to wix.com slash e-commerce, that's w-i-x.com slash e-commerce today and join over 700,000 active stores selling worldwide with Wix e-commerce. And now to introduce today's special guest. Luke Carthy is a well-known e-commerce CRO and SEO specialist and is now the founder of AfroDrops, the new startup that we're following throughout 2021. Hello, Luke. All right, Chloe. Um, back again. Back again. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to this one, actually. I think the listeners um, will take a lot from it. Because there's some stuff I guess I'm, I'm going to jump into, which isn't all success. There's some crap that's happened. There's some really bad stuff that's really wound <laughs> me up. Um, and that's what everybody wants to see. Nobody ever wants to see success stories. It's all the... It's the story of startup, isn't it? It's... Yeah. The learning curve is an awful lot faster, which means the uh, the things that go wrong tend to be more frustrating. Let's put it that way. But um, because I, I have a slight inkling of what we might be talking about. So, Luke, how has it been since we last caught up? How has 2021 gone in the world of Afro Drops? Uh, it's, it's been intense. It's been a roller coaster. Look, look how disappointed I sound. It's really not that bad. It's just really <laughs> wound me up. Um, but I think one thing that people can take from this particular podcast, this episode, is exactly what not to neglect and what not to do. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll jump into it. So for context, really, uh, of course, as uh, an e-commerce consultant myself, I very much specialize in the world of, of tech stack and all that sort of stuff. But where I don't specialize is in the uh, area of product selection, which, of course, you need when you're starting an e-commerce brand. In retrospect, so obvious that that's where a problem may have been. But um, <laughs> but do you yeah. want to so say what, what was the problem that you had, Luke? What, what, what has been the problem? Okay, so... Basically, what had happened is when I started to select the products, the initial top 100-ish SKUs um, that we stock for Afro Jobs, I went purely on demand online, um, so how many people are searching for these products, um, and what has a rich enough margin to make it worthwhile once you consider the, the cost of ads and, and running a business mm. and everything else. So I blindly just went and chose 100 SKUs that were at the top of that list. Once I pulled the data, stuck them on the site, and um, yeah, the sales weren't rolling in. Like, annoyingly, they weren't rolling in. Now, my natural habitat, of course, is conversion optimization and SEO. So they're the two areas and verticals or, or disciplines, if you like, that I've got to jump straight into. And besides a handful of really small bugs, I couldn't find anything that was really causing friction. So checked the typical things you do, session recordings, heat maps, uh, GA data. And I either thought, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing and I've missed something really big. Or the issue really is somewhere else. When you say, you know, you, you selected the products by getting into search data as well as margin or the rest of it, yes. that's the sort of thing we go, yeah, I'm going to get a steal on everyone else because I'm putting search data into my product selection. That's going to take me above them all. Yeah. So it wouldn't, it, it's completely understandable that A, you would go to your strengths to find the ways in which the, you know, to solve the problem of lower lower performance, but also that you would assume that because you'd, you'd done such a thorough job of product selection, it couldn't possibly be your product selection that was the problem. Definitely not going to be that because everybody wants these products. Well, listeners, I've got a corker for you. Um, so what I will say is one thing I absolutely neglected is that people buy stuff in ranges. 
So to use an example, when people buy shampoo, they might also want the matching conditioner. But um, because I was so obsessed with with search-based and demand-based product selection, I neglected to pay attention to complementary products or keep it a comprehensive range. The reason how I, the reason why I got to this epiphany, if you like, or very simple epiphany, but in my head was quite a big one, um, is I have a brand that is in stock that sells four to one of all of the brands that we have in stock. Now, for uh, for context, we've got about 12 brands in stock. So this is, you know, we, we haven't got a, a slim amount of products. There's quite a few, but this brand always sells the most. When I took a look into it, what I realized is this brand is quite small in terms of the number of SKUs it has within it. And by sheer coincidence, we selected the vast majority of them because they were all popular. So because we had the most of the range in stock, we had the shampoo, the conditioner, the leave-in, the, the styling cream, all that sort of good stuff. And that's why they were selling. Um, it's just we neglected to think and neglected to realize that people may want to buy products in a complementary collection. You know, they want they want the whole range. But what was really interesting is that we were getting a handful of sales, but none of them contained the full ranges, even the, the particularly popular brand. Mm-hmm. So they'd buy, say, the shampoo and and um, and maybe the conditioning, but there'd be a few other things that they'd leave. So in the order data, it wasn't crystal clear that that's what the problem was. But we 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 tested it as a theory. We bought some, we filled some range gaps. Uh, we tested uh, and added some new products. And hey, presto. We found that sales started to pick up, average order value started to increase, browsing behavior started to increase as well, people going to, to more pages because, of course, there's more products. Uh, and, yeah, it was kind of like a, a, a real kind of face palm moment when we'd spent all of this money and all of this time on ads and data and trying, you know, thinking we're doing the right thing with product selection. But actually, we forgot the one of the most fundamental parts of product selection, which is people might want to buy complementary stuff together. Yeah. How do the people actually buy the product? What do they actually want? But I think you you say it's a face plant. And I think everyone can tell, tell from your voice, you are gutted that this is one of the errors that you made. But it, it for me, it's a natural part of that startup journey is you have to go through those stages of, in retrospect, so obvious. Yeah. But you have to be kind to yourself because actually you can't get everything right on day one. And until you, you know, how could, how could you have done the research to do that you'd have lost a couple of months in research you wouldn't have been live and you know because you'd done the work on the ads already you're in a better place to to test the range expansions once you got there so has it has it made like a massive difference expanding the ranges is it is it kind of the golden bullet to get you to the next level well you know when i said roller coaster i meant it um Because yes and no is in, you know, we started to fill these range gaps uh, and, and plug these gaps in, in products. But then the challenge was stock. So it's great to see that, you know, we can buy, you know, we've got uh, a brand A, which has, uh, you know, we've got say 60% of the collection, we need the other 40%. Trying to source the other 40% was really quite hard because different suppliers had different items, they all had minimum order values. Uh, so you'd end up having to spend a lot more money on stock you didn't want or, or a lot more units of stock that you wanted to hold just to get that line in stock. Um, and in some cases, I wouldn't have it for weeks. So there was a particular uh, particular product, should I say, that was in real serious demand to the point where no one had it in stock. The raw materials weren't there. The whole Suez Canal blockage thing really kind of screwed me over as it did so many other people. So although it was a great uh, a great plan and a great realisation, we couldn't execute it all that well. 
uh, because we just couldn't get the product. It's the thing, isn't it? It's it's great. We now know if we have a larger range of each brand, we will sell more because people want the best seller, but some people want that with it, that with it, and that with it. So we've got to have more product. But of course, as I suspect everyone listening knows, and if you don't know this, you're going to find it out when you launch, the more products you have, the more work you've got to do because you've got to set up all those products on the website. You've got to manage them in and out of the business and your cash is being spread further on more products, you've got more suppliers to deal with, more purchase orders to deal with and all that kind of stuff. And it, it just makes the business, you know, more complicated. It's it's why on my list of of criteria for an e-commerce business, if I ever set one up, it will be minimal skew count. Um, <laughs> because, you know, those there's a reason why businesses with only one or two SKUs tend to fly a lot faster. It's because they've only got one or two SKUs. It's a lot easier, but it does tend to be a bit more competitive as well. So, so has it been, as well as, you know, kind of all the issues of actually getting the stuff in stock, has it made stock management and cash flow management more tricky as well? Yeah, it, it definitely has because we're paying, you know, paying more money for for the raw products, for the raw materials, for, for the item. Um, it's you know a lot of our supply, in fact, all of our suppliers, specifically in the world of Afro hair care, don't do uh, lines of credit, so it's all cash on delivery, uh, which doesn't doesn't particularly bode well. And even as a as a brand new company, to be honest, we wouldn't expect to get favourable terms at, at this phase. So yeah, it, it has been tricky there. But what it has meant is almost like a benefit to that to that you know to that hardship, if you like is we've really drip-fed traffic. We've really made sure that we maximise all opportunities to see what's going on. So it could have been, you know, to the point where we turn all the ads up to 11, we bring loads of traffic, loads of noise, and then we, you know, we, we, we're literally throwing thousands of pounds into the wind and getting nowhere. We decided we didn't want to do that, one, because the capital's not there, uh, and two, because more of it's been tied up into products. So we've learned more about what filters to have. We've asked more questions for customers. We've seen what they've not been able to see, how they search, and really focus on some of the stuff that probably would come at a later stage, which is the tweaks and small refinements we do to make the experience better. Mm-hmm. So because we couldn't get the stock as soon as we wanted, we knew that was coming. So in the meantime, we'd focus on things like merchandising, think about refining our pricing, our offer, our testing delivery uh, points, and, and whether that's you know $3.99 or $4.99 or free with a with a threshold, we were able to play around with all of this and really start to see how that impacts and behaves for our store as we started to increase and roll out more and more products. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it, it was particularly difficult to try and ring fence that capital to to put into stock. I guess what you're what you're demonstrating is that I think all of us know that in e-commerce there is an in any business there's an endless list of stuff you could be doing yeah. and when something slows you up in one area you can either pout about it and moan and throw your toys out the pram or you can go right the cash is tied up in that stock there's no point in advertising that brand until the stock arrives and it's not coming in for two weeks what can we do in the meantime? Yeah. What's the most useful thing for us to do in the meantime? And to take those windows of opportunity, whether it's cash or whether it's time or whether it's, right, we're not going to be able to run any ads for the next two weeks. What can we learn without running ads? Yeah. It's the yeah. constant ducking and diving and re-evaluating of focus, which is essential. You know, I, I always think even, even in in here at e-commerce master plan and we've been going for i don't know well over well the podcast's been live for five years more than five years the business must have been going for like seven or eight i know i'm terrible with dates everybody terrible with dates <laughs> but even now i look back at what some of the stuff i was doing in january and i'm like why did i even bother because it's just total movable feast all the time 
but yeah, it, it's now put us in a situation where we're probably from a from a, a user experience and you know removing as much friction as possible. We're in a really really good place, and growth has been steady. Growth has been steady, um, but what we're also at a place now where we can identify bugs before they before they uh, really start to take a hold. So we've had issues where images haven't loaded on on the product page on the, the PDP page. Um, which is quite jarring if you're running Google Shopping, because of course you expect to see the image of the product, it's not there. So you know, within sort of three or four hours of that bug appearing, we've been able to turn off the ads. Um, we've had issues with scaling. So I had uh, a really big actually link from the Metro speaking about the lack of accessibility of Afro hair care. As in the Metro newspaper that's given out free to everybody in London. That, but the digital versions, the Metro.co.uk website. Oh, wow. Very nice. Very nice yeah. bit of PR. And it drove a lot of traffic and it killed the site. <laughs> so <laughs> that was painful, like really painful. Mm-hmm. But the lesson learned there was how do we handle scale? And all of these things, you'd, you know, you'd like to think that you have all of these things tapped down and, and, and properly sorted before you, you know, you launch. But the reality is I am a single person. Uh, this is, you know, this is a, a one man show with a, with a handful of freelancers that are, um, are doing incredible things for me. We're not going to have everything covered. So, you know, there's no point getting a, the ridiculous, like, you know, top spec server when you don't need it. So now we have a situation which allows us to scale. And you know we can we've spent some time investing in that. The point I guess I'm trying to make is it's all about incremental wins. Sales are going up, mm-hmm. um, but we have a situation we have a really good week, and then we have nothing for sort of 24 hours, and then we go look at the data, we we, we see what's going on. And as I say, when I say roller coaster, I really mean it. We we assume that that product fix would be that would be it. That would be the ticket. Um, <laughs> That would be the goal, the golden step, and then everything's going to work. <laughs> yeah, and it hasn't been that straightforward. But, you know, I think when we look about where we've come from, and as a startup company um, that's been entirely bootstrapped with a bit of cash, you know, we are doing some incredible things. We don't have vast amounts of capital, um, which is, which is you know, negative in some ways. Um, but the, 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 the benefit of that is we could do some really awesome stuff without having to spend too much money. Um, but yeah, sales are up. We've got some really, really special reviews as well. Some, some quite, uh, yeah, some quite emotional reviews. Um, and I'll walk through one. And I appreciate it's not commercial stuff and it's not exciting stuff, but I just want to talk about the sentiment and the power of building a brand. Before you very quickly get into that, I want to just, just clear up two things you mentioned. You said about PDP, and that's just our product display page, isn't it? Our product page yes. on our website for anyone who's going, what's a PDP? I don't have any PDPs. <laughs> you do have PDPs. They're your product pages. Um, and then the other thing was you said about we're, we're noticing the bugs as they're cropping up and dealing with them. Yes. I just want to let anyone who's intrigued by that know that we talked about that a lot in your episode on e-commerce foundations over on Keep Optimizing. So we'll send people to that if they want to get into that because it's quite tech. It's really super clever, cool stuff. But they can go and listen to that to find out more if someone's going, bugs? How do I get flagged up, bugs? So <laughs> we need to clear up those two things. Um, yes, empathy because and i think it's you say this isn't this is kind of the more fluffy stuff this isn't the numbers but i think when you're when you're when you're doing a startup it's emotionally draining because yeah. it's constantly changing there's constant stuff going on and you have to take the wins wherever they come from to keep your spirits up and to keep yourself going through which could be the best sales day ever um, it could be finally working out that customers like to buy both the shampoo and the conditioner <laughs> or it could be just an awesome review that just knocks you sideways so i think it's really worthwhile mentioning this 
Yeah, cheers, Chloe. Thank you. So I had a young woman uh, who sent a message. Well, I'm assuming she's young because she's had a she's had a a baby. She could be in her fifties. Who knows? But the point is, I had a woman who sent me an email, and she said she'd really struggled. She probably spent in excess of five hundred pounds on different products and all these magical you know treatments and stuff for her uh, her newborn daughter's hair. So her daughter's six months old for context. The point I'm trying to make is her hair was so bad, her daughter's hair was so bad that going to sleep some nights would cause it to get that matted at the back that they had to cut it out because there was no way that Whoa. they could comb it. So this woman, for context, was uh, she's a white woman and she has a mixed race child. And this is her first baby. She's never really handled any kind of textured or afro hair before. So it's a completely new world to her. So she sent me an email saying, look, this is where I'm at. I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do. Can you help? Um, I recommended a handful of products, which aren't the cheapest, but they last forever and uh, they're, they're really, really good. Um, she put them into her daughter's hair, naturally, when she was having a bath. And she sent me, it's got to be like a 500 word email, like a real outpour of "Wow, this product's amazing. My daughter is so much happier. Her hair is just a lot bolder and brighter and healthier. She sleeps better. They're using a pillowcase that I suggested, um, which they can't buy from us, but, you know, it was something that I wanted to help with. And that kind of really, for me, was the was the why. It really cements the why Afrodrops is here as a business. And the fact that um, this particular woman felt comfortable enough to reach out and be vulnerable and say, look, Afrodrops, I recognize the brand. I see your children and where you started uh, and my own personal challenges with Afro hair. For someone to kind of tap into that and feel vulnerable enough to talk to me about it was like, wow that was really quite special and even just the small ones like we you know of course we have a reviews platform and people are saying look can't find this anywhere really really quick delivery they're all really important and every time we get a new review i'm constantly on there straight away um but yeah it, it really really makes a difference and helps to really cement that brand we're trying to build those are the sort of reviews that, especially in the early days, you almost need to pin up over your desk, yeah. you know, or stick to the, your laptop lid so you see it every day and it reminds you. But, but look, um, congrats on the great reviews. So we know you're you're connecting with the right customer in the right way. We hope you've got your products right. Yeah. The advertising's starting to kick in and the marketing's happening. The website's working well. So what do you reckon we're going to be talking about next time? What have you got planned for the next couple of months? All right. So the next couple of months is all about continued growth um, and tapping into audiences that we know are out there uh, and just finding out where they where they hang out online. So I've got uh, an incredible person. I would tell you who it is, but I want this particular individual all to myself because she's absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, who's doing some some insane digital PR for us right now. Um, so when this goes out, fingers crossed, uh, these things are all being published, but there's a piece with Unilad right now talking about the whole brand story. Nice. There's a few, uh, chit chats with Buzzfeed, um, and, and really getting a piece of content in there about, uh, Afrocentric and black male grooming. There is a lot going on. So it, it's more about brand affinity, connecting with audiences. That's on the one side. Mm -hmm. We've actually, what we started to do is shed some products as well. I should probably shed some light on that because I'll spend a lot of this uh, this recording, I guess, talking about the new products that we're adding. Um, but we also decided to drop uh, some brands and some categories as well to keep things lean. If they're not selling, get rid of them. Otherwise, they're going to end up costing you money to keep them. But what we're also working on now is experience. So more effective merchandising with brand pages, merchandise journeys, personalized journeys, and taking what we have and making it much better 
from a user journey point of view to really help people find the products they're looking for. Nice. Very exciting. Well, look, I look forward to finding out all about how that's gone and hopefully not, hopefully the roller coaster is evening out and it's becoming more like, you know, the teacup ride than, uh, than whatever's going on at Thought Park or Alton Towers. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, so too. Hopefully a calmer, calmer catch up next time. But, uh, but now we're going to go and do the top tips and uh, give everyone some great tips for, for what happens next in their business. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. This message comes from e-commerce masterplan sponsor Wix e-commerce, the industry-leading e-commerce platform with advanced online storefront features. Wix e-commerce is the complete solution for entrepreneurs, omnichannel retailers and brands to launch, run and scale their online stores successfully. Go to wix.com slash e-commerce, that's w-i-x.com slash e-commerce today and join over 700,000 active stores selling worldwide Wide with Wix e-commerce. It's time, it's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners, you all know this already, but we're going to tell you, it's going to give you all some really quick ideas for taking your business to the next level. So Luke, you ready for these? I am, I am. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I've just finished reading it. It's a book by April Dunford, and I've read it. I've read it so many times. I think I've read it uh, for the fourth time now at the moment, but it still sticks with me every single time. And that is basically about positioning, and I think that is critical to any business in any capacity, whether it's e-commerce or otherwise, is understanding who your audience is and what you tell them it is. It's helped me as a consultant for my clients, um, and it helped me even though I've read it three times. It's helped me every single time differently for Afro Drops as well. Um, so it's called Obviously Awesome, uh, and it's by an author, April Dunford, who's an absolute wizard on the world of positioning in terms of business. Top tip. Okay. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Okay. So I'm going to try not to say something cliche here um, and say SEO. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say email. And I'm guilty of this myself, actually, in, in Afro Drops. Um, email is huge, uh, it, it, particularly if you have a really engaged list, as, as so many people know, this isn't new, but it's often underinvested. It's often neglected and, and kind of used to send broadcasts and, and kind of, we've got news rather than, you know, personalized on behaviors and, and interests and that sort of stuff. But email is, is often the, converted, the highest converting channel of almost all other channels, depending, you know, regardless of the vertical you're in. So... Yeah, if, if you're wondering where to go next and you haven't already ticked off email, then go away and invest in that properly. It will always pay dividends if you get it done right. 
Especially because I'm just thinking about the product changes you've been making. You know, when you've decided, when you've ramped up a brand and the brand is now fully in stock, to be able to go email everyone who's previously bought that brand that we've now got a wider range, in comes the cash. Yeah. When you decide you're getting out of a brand, to email everyone who's ha- who's previously bought that brand and said, fire sale, we're clearing out the warehouse of this brand, boom, away it goes. And then you can segment those people and send them we think this brand would be better for you anyway, so go and buy that. It it makes it takes the pain out of those decisions and helps you make action things a lot faster. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Rather than congratulate each other on, on great answers, I'm going to ask you for another question. So the <laughs> sure. tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a core cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? All right. Yes, there is. And Notion for me. I hate writing. I'm not I'm not a great writer. Um, I can knock out some incredible content. when I'm in the right mood, but I'm not. You know, I can't be the sort of person who writes uh, and really enjoys it. So Notion for someone that hates paper. I really don't like paper. I really don't like pens. I'm weird. Uh, I prefer to type everything. But Notion is an incredible tool that allows me to just get everything down and make it look really cool and professional to the point where, I do all of my audits in it. I do all of my documentation in it as a consultant, and it always looks glorious in there. So Notion, it's dirt cheap. It's Evernote on steroids, and then some. It's just such a cool productivity tool. Nice. Okay. Uh, finally, then, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Oh, this is a good question. Um well, the range gap one is kind of taken now. That's I'm putting that <laughs> that now in my consultant is on my, as my consultant. That's on my to do list. Um, I am going to say, take a look at your faceted navigation, and what I mean by that is the filters that you see on category pages, because there is some absolute gold in there. And what I mean by that is measure the usage of them. Are people using them? If not, then there's going to be an underlying reason as to why. But filters can really supercharge how how well or how poorly customers can find the products they're looking for. So if you get them right, they can often pay uh, pay a lot of dividend in, in, in discovery. So that would be my my uh, area of, of growth from whatever numbers you said, 100 to 1,000, I think it was. It was 100 to 1,000. And yeah. nice, nice work on mentioning that because you're going to be on Keep Optimising podcast very soon talking about just that topic so yeah. um when we get when i get as far as the outro guys keep listening and i'll tell you which podcast that episode that's going to be and when it's going to be coming out um right luke before we say goodbye you need to let everyone know where they can find um afro drops so they can go and have a poke around your new range and everything that's going on all right all right and then obviously spend some money as well while you're at it uh, <laughs> so afrodrops.com um take a look and uh, yeah, if you've got any feedback, just fill in the contact form. It comes straight to me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. But that's how you can go and take a look. And if you have Afrocentric hair care or Afro hair or textured hair or know anyone that does, then uh, yeah, we're here to help. Excellent. And clearly uh, Afro Drops is making you a better consultant uh, as well. So yeah. if someone's interested in, um, in, he- in getting in contact with you about all of that, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can just Google Luke Carthy. Uh, I should be at the top. I've Googled my name so many times to check because clearly I am vain <laughs> as hell. Um, so, so yeah, just just Google me, find me on LinkedIn or whatever. And uh, yeah, we can have a chat. 
Excellent. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on, Link, and giving us an update on the the ever evolving roller coaster that is the Afro Drop story. Oh, um, I cannot wait for the next catch up. So, thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me again, Chloe. Appreciate it. Great to catch up with Luke again about how things are going at his startup. And I suspect a lot of you, however recently you've started, can uh, can feel a lot of empathy with that roller coaster of how did we not realise that wasn't working or banging yourself, banging your head against the wall, trying to work out what it is that means you're not getting the sales in. So lots of interesting, interesting stuff there from a kind of a how it feels to run um, a startup, but also some great tips around always remember what's your product selection often we get obsessed with the marketing and the ads and the tweaking and the optimizing of all of that but actually your product selection is really crucial as well and i thought the you know the idea about making the most of whatever situation you're in is great one as well and you can get your hands on the notes from today's show including the top tips uh, links to what we've mentioned and um, a link to our first chat with Luke about Afro Drops, which was episode 314. If you want to scroll back through Apple or Spotify and find that right away, you can get all of that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And if you're intrigued to see what Luke can do to help you with your SEO and CRO, then as he said, you can go and Google Luke Carthy. Or if you head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash crew, you can book a free initial call because he's one of my my vetted and tested awesome uh, consultants that we publicise via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash crew. And via that, he's offering a free initial call to talk about what your challenges are. Phew, loads and loads in this episode. Well, like, thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you listen to of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please, please, please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I'd love to help them too. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.